All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for joining myself, Kyle George, and my partner, Rodney Harris, for another episode of A Different Angle. So, Rod, what's going on, man? Hey, not much, man. Just doing what we do best, and that's just working hard every day and trying to put out the best content possible. Um, sure. Today is going to be really exciting. It's going to be really, really exciting. And I'm telling you right now, you're going to buckle up. We told you that this was coming. We told you that you're going to hit you hard. And on the second episode, here we go. Taking a deep dive into suicide prevention. We're taking a deep dive into abuse. We're taking a deep dive into trauma. And those who are listening, please beware. Viewer viewer discretion is advised. Listener discretion is advised. (laughs) I was going to say what? (laughs) And um, all of those things um, just... We're going to take it slow, we're going to take our time, and we're going to break down. And we have a wonderful guest here, one of the finest minds I know, one of the, one of the most educated men I know, Steve Simpson. He is phenomenal. He's been through so many things in his life, and I can't wait for you guys to hear his story and what he's been able to do and how he's able to prevail and get through some of the things he's dealt with in his life. And he's going to go over the steps with you, go over some tough situations and scenarios he's been put in and how he worked his way out slowly and progressed as time went on and built better as a person, was able to lead young young people. And I'm excited to finally get the chance to interview him. We've been friends for so long. And he's a man of faith. He has a big heart. And he's willing to share that love and that heart with you today. Steve Simpson on the show today, Kyle. It's, it's going to be amazing. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> <laughs> How you feeling today, Steve? Great, great. I'm real happy to be here. Appreciate you. Well, first and foremost, thank you for coming on the show. That's number one. We we truly do appreciate you being willing to talk about everything you've been through, period. Um, so, Rod, why don't we give him a little background? Oh, absolutely. All right. So, as you guys, as you know, Steve Simpson here in the live in the studio with us here right now. It's amazing. So, I'm so excited. I'm getting nervous. Just taking some, oh, reading this bio, I'm like, whoop. Okay. Steve Simpson is a young adult author, youth advocate who uses history of his own abusive childhood and his story of survival to help others survive and have hope. For decades, Steve has been speaking to schools and making media appearances, being entertaining while giving life-saving information. Steve has been recognized nationally for his writing and his ongoing efforts in helping youth in crisis. Steve's books are proven to be a fantastic tool to enable young people to get help and have access to important information while at the same time entertains his readers. His book, Written a Book Idea, is unique and a great way to get information to a teenager or young adult without embarrassing them. The Teenage and Adult Survival Handbook covers many of these issues that young adults face today directly addressing as suicide, child abuse, children of alcoholics, bullying, and self-esteem. The Teenage Young Adult Survival Handbook is included in all four of Steve's exciting young adult fiction novels, Who Am I, The World Is Wrong, Child's Island, and Runaway. While fiction stories entertain the nonfiction part, provides life-saving information and encouragement to all its young readers. Steve has spent the better part of his life consistently writing and speaking about the topics that affect our youth the most. He is passionate about and knows the importance of giving up hope to those burdened with the same problems he had as a child. That's just a small, small bio about a man who has done so much and gone through so much. Steve, once again, welcome to A Different Angle. We appreciate you. I appreciate being here. Sure. Uh, I, I let's let's get heavy from the jump. So we were just speaking off off air, and um, I read and heard about the story of you having suicidal thoughts at a young age, being eleven years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me, this is going to be a little touching for me, a little deep. But um, when I was in fourth grade, I felt very lonely, and. I don't know if it was the fact that I felt like I didn't have friends. I knew my family was there, but that wasn't the case. Uh, and um, I think around the same time was the, I believe it was around the same time my mom and my dad separated. So I went to the back of the classroom, took a scarf and put it around my neck. Uh, when the kids said something, teacher came and then of course it was a big deal. But I, 
I would like to hear some of your story and how you got to that point. Absolutely. So my case, and there's many reasons someone could think of suicide. And by the way, this show can't get better timing because of recent events, mm -hmm. okay? But what I love about this is the fact that, and Ronnie had this discussion with me, that whenever, unfortunately, a celebrity commits suicide, gets a lot of attention, and then about a month later, no one talks about it anymore. As if suicide got all better and there's no one committing suicide anymore. And that's the opposite. It just keeps getting worse and worse. Numbers keep going up. And as you just stressed, and the age keeps going down. Yeah. Uh, so I think this is important, like you said, to go deep in this. And let's really talk, not just statistics. Let's get into it. So for me at that age, it was hopelessness, okay? Complete hopelessness at that point. Let's look back what my background is, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, well, there was, let's, let's start off. First, second grade. Let's get into. I'll, I'll get into what kind of student I was. We'll start off a little light, and we're gonna get a little heavier. Yeah, okay? you got it. Okay, so we're starting off first, second grade. You guys know what an A student is? Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. I was a Z student. <laughs> okay. I was the opposite of an A student. Okay. I was a teacher's nightmare. Okay. You know who would? Oh, Patricia would never want to be in that classroom. Oh, I, oh <laughs> she would come I'll on every you. day. I can't stand this kid, Ronnie. <laughs> he's, he's just a kid. I don't care. Constantly interrupting the class, constantly making jokes. I want to stress that to you, though. Constantly making jokes. If there was an assembly, it was a countdown. Would I even last five minutes before one of the teachers would grab me by my arm and walk me out of the auditorium to the principal's office? Mm -hmm. You knew it was happening, just no matter when. Okay. Uh, as far as uh, grades, okay, like I said, never even tried. When the teacher would say, no one's going to fail this, I want you to look at me. And I just smile. Okay, and my lowest grade, I've discussed this in the past, I'll say it here, my lowest grade ever is a negative 20. Wow. And you might say, how do you get a negative 20? Wow. Well, what I used to do during tests, see, I was insanely envious of kids who did great in school. Mm -hmm. and not because they, just, they did the grades, because I thought back then, which we're going to get into was far wrong, that if a kid had great grades, he had a great home life. I did mom and dad, loved them. It was like the Brady Bunch magnified. Okay, right. I was wrong. However, in my head then, uh, and, and my life was horrible, which we're also going to get into. Abuse in my house, horrible, horrible. So I would, I see these kids with grades, and I was so angry. I just want to be one of them, actually. I want I used to sit there and be his life, on her life. I would always, you know, and what I would do is, yeah, we're talking low grades. During the test, I try to mess them up. <laughs> I push the hands so they scratch the thing. I reach up my pen and write on the test thing. I do all sorts of things. Are those pens sometimes how they explode? Yep. I would keep it when it explodes and keep that pen and I'd flick it. I <laughs> think the ink would go on the paper. I had all these methods going down there. And the teacher taught me, caught me once. I said, You get back in your seat and whatever you get, I'm taking off 20 points. So I said, I'll show her. I smiled and went, then just give me a zero because I'm not going to even try. And then she got one up on me and said, oh, no, negative 20, wow. 20 from zero. So this was a showdown. Oh, and there was always this friction in me and the teacher. You know? I didn't even and know I, that was possible. Oh, yeah, no, no. She put that I in didn't there. think it was. The, the negative 20. Yeah. And she even said back then, now you're going to need to get to, you're going to need to get all 90s to pass. And I laughed and said, listen to me. Steve Simpson's never going to get 90s. I just I thought it was the funniest thing. But I used to always start with the. I would put so many things in their drawers, okay? So when they open, I'm not going to mention the things. They open, and they look at me and go, you put this in my drawer, didn't you? And I would, I was automatically like a little civil rights attorney. I would go, did you see me put that in your drawer? <laughs> okay? And they get hit, of course they didn't. So I guess you have no evidence. I guess I didn't do it. <laughs> so like I said, I was a little civil rights attorney back then, trying to, trying to cover myself, you know. And this would go on and on. And by the way, though, everyone wanted to hang around me. Mm -hmm. If it was recess, lunch, whatever it's going to be, okay, because I was going to do something hysterical. Everyone wanted to be around this funny guy, cracking jokes. And I would always say I don't care. Great, I don't care. I don't care. Now, I did try to cheat, though. I, I used to try to figure out how to cheat because I you know, you know, fail everything there. And I would try to figure all different ways. And my friends would come by and say, why don't you just study, man? It would take you half the time. And I would say, what's the use? Mm -hmm. Now, here's where it comes into. See, I thought if I studied, I would still fail. Why? Now, we're going to get into it. Because my father was a vicious, and I say vicious because he's an extremely violent, abusive alcoholic. Now, he was both physically and verbally abusive. We'll get into the physical. See how we're talking right now? Mm -hmm. Everything's cool? Bam, punch you, push you. Like to throw things at you. 
push you off the chair, then throw things at you. It came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. Uh, and you couldn't figure out what you did wrong. Sometimes he'd tell you what you did, and it could be the stupidest thing in the world. Sometimes you didn't even get an explanation. And I, called, I used to call it a snap temper out of nowhere, okay? Um, and it was bad because sometimes, like I said, when you're abused physically, what's going through your head is not even so much pain. You're going through, sometimes he'd just do it for like a second or so, and we were done, and sometimes he'd be chasing me around. I'd, I'd run, chase me around. And like you didn't know how long is this going to be. How long is this going to go on for? Is it going to expand? Is my mom going to step in? But then he's going to hit my mom in front of me. And looking back, that was scary, and that was angering. As you get older as an adult, you look back at those scenes, uh, the, the anger swells up again. You hit my mom, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, two siblings were all kind of apart from each other, but were they going to get involved? You didn't never know how this was going to expand. Was the whole table going over? Was he going to start throwing things around, punch a hole, or was he going to stop or just leave, and you were happy when he left? Uh, so this was the physical stuff. But I will say to you, as much of that all was kind of scary because you never knew it was coming. Uh, and I fall into the trap because he had a sense of humor too and he'd joke around sometimes, you know. And sometimes he'd even say, I'll take you to McDonald's. I thought that was a big thing. <laughs> Except you don't know what's going to happen to McDonald's. Oh, he would get in a fight with somebody else. By the way, he never did put on a charade. Now, some people have abusive parents, but when they meet everybody else, you mm-hmm. think they're the nicest guy in the world. Not him. I'll get, he was getting no Academy Awards. <laughs> okay? He'd get in fistfights with people, and you like dying. And when someone would say to him, like, what'd you say to me? I go, no, no, no. Why'd you do that? Oh, he's going to walk over to you now, and here it comes. You know what I'm saying? And they get in a fight, get thrown out. If you're in a restaurant, you know you're getting thrown out. Right. How mm-hmm. embarrassing was that? You're a kid. You know, yeah. Uh, a lot of cops knew him. That was his way out. He had business in Long Beach. Treated the cops nice. Uh, I gotta tell you something. This man had so many DW. If this was today, he'd be in jail many times. Though back then it was a little different. Right. And my mom once said she couldn't believe it. He smashed right into a parked car, demolished their car. Cops come and they actually said his name was Harry. Harry, go home, Harry. Just go home. They let him walk away. This guy's car got wow. smashed up. This was the thing with him back then, unfortunately. Cops come to the door because the neighbors might call. All right, come on, come on. Let's calm down. Come on. You see abuse going on. Right. But this was this was back then. And again, he had little connections there. And that was the end. I remember driving with him, man. I don't know if you guys, it's Long Beach, you got the East Loop coming out, like long turn, wide yeah. turn there, yep. coming to Medical Parkway. He would do that drunk with me in the car. And I, I tell you back then, I always believed that God, I was very religious, but I became religious every time I go by that turn because he was, because there's that gate and then you go down. Yep. And I used to think, I'm even Newsday, man. I'm even a paper in this thing. So this was him, but the verb abuse, yeah. that did far worse to me than the physical. And I would say those scars from the verb abuse lasted longer, way longer. Because hearing constant, the curses were one thing. I'm not going to say what the curses were, use imagination. This way you're not going to have to beat me. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, wor- but worse than the curses were, you're stupid, you're nothing. Yeah. I didn't want you. These- Matter of fact, he raised me to call him Harry. That's why I wow. That was my joke. When I say Harry to friends that know me, they think I'm being cute, calling him Harry. No. The inside joke was he actually called, I don't want to be called dad. Right. I want to be a father. Okay. So I was called to call him Harry. And I met one guy, I actually said to him once, you know, second grade, third grade, I learned about stepfathers. And I said, are you my stepfather? Is that what I call you? No. But just don't call me dad. I got one son. He had another son way older than me, you know, and that was his whole thing, you know, with him. Uh, I think there was guilt because his first wife died, whatever the situation. Mm. Although he shipped them out of the house. He went to boarding school when he was a kid anyway. He had it easy. <laughs> okay. Wow. So I never, I never seen him. I had no contact with the guy whatsoever. Wow. Um, but I used to think people, oh, say a boarding school. Are you kidding me? That was the best present he ever gave him. <laughs> so <laughs> no. so it was, there was a constant, constant barrage of verbal attacks. So by the time I started school, I'm stupid. So I'm not going to try. Now, here's another thing I'm going to throw at you, too. There's a lot of misdiagnosing going on today. Let me explain what that means. You have people who legitimately are bipolar. Yes. And people legitimately have ADD. Legitimately. Okay. And then we have people that don't, but they fall on the label. If I was around today, they'd say I have ADD. Right. I wasn't concentrating in the classroom. They weren't wrong on face value, but I didn't have ADD. Okay. Back then they called it hyperactive. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's see. Last night my father abused me or abused my mom in front of me. Do you really think I was doing homework? Do you really think I, w- I can focus on my teacher? Absolutely not. And, uh, and then I'm saying, myself, oh, it's Friday? He's home all weekend, man. I got- that's what's on my mind, projection. Right. Okay. And I'm not- that's why I'm not paying attention to class. Now, 
I'm also getting angry because I'm thinking about what went on. And so the teacher could say, hey, 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 Steve, I'm over here. And now I'm angry. And I snap at the teacher and say something to her. And how dare you? don't talk to me like that out of the classroom. Now you want to see the background. So this rebellious kid, okay, was he so rebellious? No. Okay. I was an abused kid. And like you couldn't expect me to. But back then again, labels, labels. And I'm going to tell you right now, there are kids, I say it again, who, yes, have ADD, fantastic parents. And there are kids today, and I spoke to special ed teachers off the record about this. And they said, oh, Steve, you know me in my classroom that don't belong in my classroom? I can't say nothing. I could lose my job. I can't prove it. But I know the parents are one of the alcoholic or the father shows up at Peach Conference drunk. Hello. Okay. Uh, and they say, and the worst part is, it's the codependent parent that defends even worse than the other, the one that's not drinking. Absolutely. My husband was tired. Don't you dare make that accusation. So this what goes on. But that was me back then. Now, I'll give you a little scenario. I always wrote, though. I got to tell you, so since I was a boy, always writing. Short stories, poems, everything else. The only thing I get myself credit, that was my escape. Yeah. That was my escape. Yeah. That's why even my books, you'll notice, and the fiction parts, there's nonfiction fiction, we'll get that later on, but mm -hmm. in the fiction parts, there's always a Steve in the story. Yeah. Now, that wasn't my ego, because there was always my escapes back then. These are the same ideas I had when I was a kid. A lot of these, I mean, I revamped them as I got older, right. put them out in print, but these are some of the same ideas I had as a little boy I, 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 it was always me and I was going to change that one day I'm, I'm Como Steve and if I'm going to say no 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 don't change that that's part of your story keep the character Steve in your books because those are my escapes I'll tell you another thing I did I was cut in school from like third grade and I got away with it because no one expected a kid that young to be doing it right. it was easier then than in middle school or high school now where would I go? the school library no, I'm sorry, not school. I apologize, retract that. The public library. Mm. I went to the public library. That's where you cut school to? And what would I do there? I'd read. Yeah. And the amazing thing, I look back now, my reading comprehension was above that grade. I didn't realize it. And I'd write. And my line I'd always tell the librarian is, can I have a pen and paper? And they'd give me sometimes the whole pad, maybe half the pads left. And I'd sit there, and I'd just write and write whatever it was. And you have to say to yourself, What's wrong with this picture? This kid has labeled himself a loser and a failure. He's literally not going to school. Walking towards the bus stop, my mother said, boop, make a little detour and never make it, okay? But he's going to the library to read books and write above his age level. This is the epitome of a low self-esteem or no self-esteem. Now we get to the hopelessness. Constant drama. You live with alcoholism and abuse, there's always something going on. And everyone else starts acting out, okay? My sister's acting out, brother's acting out, my mom's frustrated. So there's always, even if he's not home, the damage that an alcoholic or an abuser or a drug addict does to their home, okay? Even when they're not there, everyone's misfunctioning right now. So it's constant fights and constant things going down. And I guess I just thought it's never getting better. I really believe, 11 years old, I said, it's not gonna get better, man. I can't do this anymore, I'm done. I'm done. And one of the lines I used to say, and it's in my books, mm -hmm. is I don't want to die. I just don't want to live. And we think that was one of the most moving lines yeah. we have ever seen. And I showed Kyle it today, and I said, this is a line that Steve once said to me when I first asked about your story, and now I get to hear your story in depth. Like, you've always told me, you told me your story top level, mm -hmm. but... And I've seen many, many of the interviews. Mm. So I kind of got, I kind of got the understanding now. But it's so that line that always stood out to me that you always told me. This is Rodney. This is what I used to say to myself as a kid. And I was like, wow. You understand how the power that's behind all of that, and what comes with that. It's just, yeah. it's just amazing. Like it amazes me that somebody that young can really just automatically think, like, think that way. To have that mindset. Well, I was never dead before, but I know I was alive. I'm alive. And what is what was my life? Think about it: pain, suffering, constant drama, always something, always something. I dreaded. Now we got a little deep, like you said, deep in this one. Okay, and anyway, people who live the abuse are going to relate to this. Walking towards that door to go into my, I hated it. It's the most dreadful feeling when you live with abuse. You don't want to be there. And as much as even when I was doing bad in school, okay. But it was a love-hate relationship because it kept me out of my house. 
okay? But when I fun, I, I try to chill with friends, like most kids, hung out with all the kids, because that's what we do, because why? I want, not that I was trying to be cool. I can stay out later. These kids can stay out later. Than that. But when I finally had to go home, it was dreadful. It was just dreadful, okay? Not knowing what to expect. And then I then the bit, bits and pieces started running away. Then we got into talk about loneliness before, and I'm not going to do details too much. But as my father was he, in proportion of age, he was old, way older than me, mm-hmm. um, which stinks because normally you have what's called grandfather syndrome, where they they spoil you. I had the one guy. <laughs> you never heard of that. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like the reverse, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> like, exactly. What's up, what's up with this? Twilight Zone. Yeah, it was, man. It was a multi- bizarro world. A, a multiverse? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, that was bizarro world. Yeah, right. like You're supposed to spoil that and beat the piss out of me. <laughs> like, come on, man. So what happens is, but eventually, he left up on the physical stuff, heavy verbal, and, and, and again, he and my mom went together. Um, Luma Dito, to get both people on this show now. And uh, he had a girlfriend. They were going to get divorced. We go for child support. And he did what is very common in courts. He muscled her. He said, Steve, I'm married to this, uh, this girlfriend. She was a teacher. She was so nice. Ended up being an alcoholic herself. Okay. And her colors showed eventually. But bottom line is, he grabbed custody of me. Okay. So, uh, unfortunately, last stuff was going to household my mom, which is the end result of his fault, which he mm-hmm. caused. Okay. And but now here's here's a little thing different that most people don't talk about. We have in the past, um, my sixth grade. So now he had an apartment. I lived in Long Beach, New York, a mine house there. That apartment he had. This man had the apartment for at least thirty years, maybe even longer. I'll be honest with you. And um, but I look back now. I, I know the trick he was doing. So his girlfriend lived in another town, Massapequa. Mm. We said we got to go there on weekends, but during the week we got to stay in the apartment. He didn't stay with me. He dropped me off there. Maybe once I show up there, but mostly come by. Get, he did leave some money, go buy food, do what you got to do, uh, which is mostly TV dinners. I'm in sixth grade. <laughs> yeah. so uh, And basically went on his own. And I look back now, duh, he had another girlfriend. He was always a sw- swinger, okay? Yeah. So he must have stayed with her during that week, poked his head in once on me, don't tell his girlfriend what you're doing, and then we go to the house on the weekends. And then I look back to So it's about loneliness. Now, I, and by that point, I wasn't seeing my mom. So that whole year, didn't see my mom, barely saw him, which that was a present for me, to be honest with you. That right. was okay. Right. Uh, and, and it was a rough neighborhood too, okay? And, and I'll say, I, I said this right before, I love the experience because I was the minority there in the building. And, and, but you know what? My, I, I wonder the first week coming down the bus stop, am I going to have, well, here we go. No. I was accepted with open arms. I think they instantly saw what was going down with me. Yeah. They see him, the drunk guy. That's your dad, that old guy? <laughs> yeah, I said, yeah. Oh, okay. They got the picture. And I got to say, that part was the most wonderful experience to me because I really learned a lot about people. However, talk about loneliness, I went home to an alone apartment in sixth grade every day. Right. Monday through Friday. Every day. Wow. Okay. And again, talk about suicide. Um when I didn't, I used to look at that window. I was on the fifth floor, I should say that. Okay. okay I used to look at that window and just stare at that. And say, no, 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 no. You know, I, was, I was back and forth with that, okay? Yeah. And I won't mention how I tried some things. I, I, never, I never like to do it on the air. Right, you know, I don't absolutely. Listen, God, forbid, God forbid. But one of the things I did try, and to this day I knew someone who's professional in that area, the way I tried it, and said, that should have worked. God was on your side, man. Wow. You did what? In this, you know, I can't tell what it was. Yeah, God right. was in construction and stuff like that. He said, oh, that, no, no, no. That's happened before, man. There's no reason why, you know, that should have gone. So, again, so that was the loneliest period at that time period. Then started running away a little bit, back and forth. Okay, don't blame me. Uh, and finally, eventually ended up in foster care. Okay. Now, when you're in foster care, and I was in two foster homes, one for a month and one for a year. Now, in foster care, you got to get the therapy, self-help group, something. You got to make you do something. So I'm going to go to self-help group. Okay. Well, I go in there, and I get that night, and I see some smart kids <laughs> in this group. It's supposed to be for kids, for parents, alcoholics, abuse. And I, I said to them, what are you doing here? <laughs> I think, I, maybe, maybe she's doing a report right. <laughs> on us abuse kids. <laughs> you know? She'll interview me. And, are you kidding me? They were all abused. Yeah. Okay. And I said, some of them tried suicide more times than I would even think about it. One girl she used to have from slitting her wrists, she used to wear all these bracelets over her hand. And she showed me why. See, that's my scar, Steve. Okay, wow. that's why I wear bracelets on my hand all the time. Try to slit her wrist open. Okay, so I was awakened because I'm thinking I, I, something's not registering. <laughs> These kids are smart kids, and I realized that. And here was a revelation for me. 
They started saying that their parents were calling the same thing my father called me. Stop right now. Okay, I'm being called a failure, stupid, I hate you. You have straight A's. How is he calling you? How is your father or mother, sometimes mom, mostly fathers, mm -hmm. how are they calling you the same name? You're not a failure. And that's the point. And this is any, listen to this, because many people in their adulthood take things to adult with them. It's got nothing to do with me. It never did. Right. Okay. If one of these kids was his son, he would have said the same thing. He had a daughter instead. Maybe a girl would mix it up. No, no, no. He would have called her names too. Okay. Uh, and I say to people, whether you're smart, whether, you don't, whether you're athletic, you're not athletic, you're straight, you're gay, it makes those difference. Your parent, the abuser will use that against you. Yeah. He'll use whatever you are against you and say that, oh, if I wasn't this. No, it's not you. An abuser abuses people for one reason only, because they're an abuser. It's not what you do, what you say. When I grasped that, two things happened. My guilt went away, because he always blamed me for this stuff. Now, first of all, I realized later on, this man was drinking so many years before I was ever born. But, of course, he used to get so drunk some nights you couldn't talk. And I'm serious, he'd look at me and point at me. Point at me. He was saying, you, your fault. Mm -hmm. You did this. Get in a fight with my mom. Got to fight because he's drunk, okay? But again, your fault. See what you did to me and your mom, okay? And and many abused kids always take it on. Even kids, parents go to divorce, they blame themselves. So I tell parents, even if you're not abusing your kids, you're not getting along with your spouse, take it outside. Yeah. Don't fight in front of your kids. They're going to blame themselves for this. It's horrible for them. And all this, I walked around with guilt constantly. And that guilt was relieved at that point because many Adults, when they take us into adulthood, you know, usually kids from abusive parents, alcoholic, drug abused parents, okay, they tend to always take the guilt in relationships. Oh, it's my fault, it's my fault. I always apologizing. Always, you know, group of friends, something went down. Oh, maybe I could have stopped those two from fighting. Yeah. They always have this guilt complex all the time, and they can be taken advantage of yep. and get abused because they say, Oh, yeah, I hit you because you embarrassed me in front of my friends. See, oh, you're right, I shouldn't have done that. You see what I'm saying? All those things, and that's the guilt. And thank God, at that point, bam, that was knocked out of the box. And the next thing was, girl says that one of the girls, the group was mostly girls, most self-help groups are predominantly female, I should have said that. Uh, and, and she says, I used to bring my writings. I tell my writer, bring some of your stuff in. Poems, story, story. Steve, this is amazing, this stuff. I can't write like this. You should be blowing school away. I, 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 I'm not you. But Why? Because your father said you're stupid all these years? He's a drunk. Look at him. Look at his life. What are you listening to him for? I had to learn how to study. I never did. <laughs> I never bothered. Right. So you read the book, Steve. Read the chapter. Can't miss. Questions to be in that chapter. And then bit by bit. I'm going to leave it. Long story short, start passing, 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 just passing. Okay? Then I switched schools when I went to the second foster home. Okay? And... Um, I ended up in Levittown, of all places. And the first day, it was a Friday. And I remember it was a Friday. He goes, I tried to talk to foster mom and tell, it's Friday. Let me start on Monday. Give me a three-day weekend. No, you're, school, you're here today. You're starting school today. Yeah. Sorry, that didn't work too well. So I went to school. It was a creative writing assignment. Seventh grade, you start now, do it, don't hand it on Monday. I finished it right then and there. It was easy for me. Oh, no, 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 Steve. You have the whole weekend, honey. No, oh, no, no, I'm done. Okay. She's reading it during class. And she's like, this is amazing. You just wrote this? Yeah. Oh, you're great. No, the kids are going, brain, brain. We got a new brain here in Levittown, you know. And I'm laughing saying, brain. Wait till you see me. But wait a minute now. This is my chance. Yeah. Clean record. End up in the honor roll, honor society. One thing I learned, again, for your listeners is get involved in the school. Join a club. Join a sport. Do something in school. Because this is when the, when the bell rings at 3 o'clock or whatever, you're not bolting out the door. You know what I'm saying? I said, don't stand at the door of the school around three because you're going to get stampeded. Yeah. And you'll like something about the school. So I figured I could run fast, join track. And wrestling seemed cool to me. I mean, there was an older guy in my youth group. He was like 18. I idolized I was 13. State champ wrestling. He says, I want you to join wrestling. And I don't want to join a stupid sport. But I, all right, all right. And I'm, I'm, I'm at the meeting. I'm trying to listen to a way out. <laughs> okay. And the coach says, practice Monday through Saturday, no exceptions. Got it. Oh, had a meeting on Saturday. Okay, and his name was Phil. Phil would never argue with that. But I got to play this right because Phil was the kind of guy who would call the coach and say, did he try? So I want the coach, hey, I got a question. I can never make Saturday. Friday. Oh, son, son, this is an obligation. Okay, this is a commitment. I let you slide all these guys. Instead of walking out, I got now the drama in me is going to come up there because I'm a writer. Oh, that's too bad because I really wanted to join this sport. 
wrestling this is my knee. I could do it. And I'm going on and on. And one coach looks at me and says, you know what? Son, don't worry about it. We'll work you twice as hard during the week. You're on a team. Hits me in the back. All the way I hit my, hit my, my book. You idiot. You could have walked out. <laughs> Why did you stay there? This was your door. This yeah, right. man, I, you know, Time to go. I got to join this stuff. Well, I, I loved it, of course. By the way, I thought it was like WWE back then. It was WWF. Yeah, I thought yeah, yeah. You go to my weight class and loved the sport. Was never undefeated, but always had a winning record. Okay. Got what's equivalent to the MVP for track. Called a black letter. Okay. Different than the kids. And best part is, we discussed this before, they made me student of the month. For whole eighth grade, put my picture up, model, be like this student. Wow. I used to walk by that picture and laugh because two years before that, that would be a dartboard in teacher's faculty room. He's like, I hate this student. I got him next period. You know, I could have done that any year in my life. Okay. I was picking on small kids. I was one of them. Right. Okay. Uh, downfall is didn't finish school. Anyone listen to this by chance? Just finish it. To this day, it's one of the worst mistakes I've made. And I've had some pretty bad relationships, but it was worse than those mistakes, <laughs> okay? One of the worst mistakes I made, staying it. But it gave me the self-esteem to continue out, do well as a mortgage banker, continue writing, be a published author multiple times over. Uh, and, and it's so important because, again, you have to question now how many kids sit in a classroom right now right. that are labeled stupid or themselves stupid and they could be one of the smartest kids in that classroom. Yep. Okay. How many adults right now are walking around settling? I call it settling. Okay. Well, this is all I can really do. No, it's not. It's not. Because of the verbal abuse. Remember I said the verbal scars last longer than the physical scars? Absolutely. Okay. Because the scars of verbal abuse carried them through. Now, I'm gonna go, let's go a little deeper. And I forget his name. And I apologize. There was a musician uh, a few years ago was abused. And he always had problems with drugs. He committed suicide. Mm. Name escapes me, but he wrote a note. And, and this is so, you gotta listen to this. He just, I just can't, I'm sorry, it haunts me. His abuse just haunted him throughout his life and he killed himself. Wow. Do you see the far reaching of this yeah. abuse? Mm -hmm. how, how this man was abused and even as a success, a success in the world, and he still couldn't get over his abuse as a kid. Which is like, thank God I had, you know, the therapy, most of the self-help groups. And I always say, if you don't get help, you bury this in yourself. Yeah. But you bury it alive. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, how many times have I said over the years for volunteering and stuff, well, yeah, I, I, I got divorced, order protections, no longer with the abuse. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. You know, and I got my son therapy. He's kind of acting up. My daughter does great in school. I, I, I don't, she doesn't need therapy. I said, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. That could be, uh, Many valedictorians have committed suicide. Okay, don't do that with the grades. Okay, well, she seems to have no problems. Now, when she starts dating and you're wondering why all these abusive relationships daughter's getting in, you're going to see why she needed therapy. Yeah. Okay? Well, my son's kind of quiet. You know, I, th I don't think this really affected him. <laughs> no one lives of abuse and escapes being affected. It's impossible. It's impossible. You gotta be, it's honestly. And, and it's like saying we all got shot by someone and we all went to the hospital. Hey, it didn't affect me. You got shot, man. How can that affect you? Right. Okay, you're mostly being shot up by someone. Constantly. Constantly. Man. <laughs> First off, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being so transparent and telling your story and being so open about it. Oh my goodness. But you you hit on so many different points and one of the questions i had for you was what was your driving force to change your life to getting now that you 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 told that you went through the abuse you broke down this the scenarios the situations that you were put in how you were able to overcome as a kid but what truly invoked that change that drove that drove you to change well a couple of things one i would say when i saw i can accomplish things and I saw I could be a decent student in school, okay, and not because I never really liked it. Let me tell you something. I laugh it off. You know, teacher would say, "Do, do you enjoy this?" I said, "It's a rough job, but someone's got to do it, right? <laughs> someone's got to get Good thrown point. out." I make jokes. I didn't. I wasn't enjoying it. I was like, I mean, I was, I was constantly laughing. Deep down, I was dying. I was in so much agony, so much you know, emotional pain. And when I finally saw. Wait, I can do things. I can accomplish things. You know what I'm saying? I, I can school grades. I can get these grades. I could do things in sports, you know? And, and all of a sudden, teachers like me. 
because I had a personality. They saw a different side of me, joking around, but joking in a different way, right. being polite. All of a sudden, the teacher's like, we're pals, you know? And hey, I like that feeling. I like a smile from a teacher. Hey, Steve, how are you? You know, you know th- those are cool things. Yeah. Um, I remember one teacher once said, oh, too bad. If I had a younger daughter, I- I'd set her up with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow, two years ago, no teacher would have said that to me. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He hates his daughter. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but like all these different like like things are saying. And then, of course, with the writing, when I would expose that to them, I used to keep it kind of close to myself, the writing. You know, when I was in the self-help groups and people looking at it and complimenting me about it, it's like, oh, you know, all of a sudden, my self-esteem, and I, and I said, I don't want to be unhappy anymore. I don't want that. I said I did. See, here's the problem, too. Everybody, I caught fronting. That was always fronting. When mm-hmm. you're in school after a holiday, what does everyone always say? Oh, that great. I was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Everybody in the classroom. And I'm just saying, am I the only freaking loser on this planet? I had a miserable holiday. But, but of course not. Right. Because I, at least a handful of kids in every classroom has a parent that's not alcohol. They say one out of every five kids. Think about that. Jeez. It's a parent of a, has a drug abuse or alcohol abuse. They're all being that. And what about the ones abused that don't have an alcohol parent, but they're still being abused? How many kids in that class had a rotten time just like me? But one talk about it. I give another scenario I used to do, and I mentioned this show. I've never mentioned this before. Another thing you do is understand something that you're not sleeping very well. And there's, there's, a, there's a line in an ELL song, okay? Uh, telephone line is the song, breakup song, okay? Uh, and it's Blue Days, Black Nights. Now, I don't know what Jeff Lynn meant when he wrote it, but I don't know what I took it as. Blue Days, okay, you know, it's be blue. You're sad, mm-hmm. okay? And, and that was my day. Black Nights. In other words, when night comes, now I'm really alone. Yeah. Okay? Now now I'm, my pain just went up up the Geiger counter level, right. okay? And I, you, you, it's hoping the night goes through. And anyone and been through this understands what I'm saying, the anxiety, the pressure, the depression. And I used to watch, what do you watch? Late night TV, okay? And you see these hosts of all these guests, and they're all laughing, and they're all having a grand old time. And I used to say to myself, I wish I had your life, your life, your life. Not necessarily them, but their lives. I was so, yeah. I, that's all you do. Just I, the happiness. Yes, I right. just. That happiness goes a long way. Yeah, it, it, when, it, when, it, when it's pure. Yeah, that, that's the thing. It's like you can't fake the happiness. It has to be pure. It has to well, be well, here's truly from fake the inside. Though. But as years go on, a lot of those guests who ended up in rehabs, mm-hmm. who overdosed, who committed suicide, okay, who had all sorts of depression problems and would have to admit it. Um, you know, and, and, say, and I give credit to the celebrities who discuss this right. The celebrities that actually talk about their problems. Yep. And I started realizing, just like at school, people are fronting. They're all fronting on these talk shows. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you bring up the celebrities because. I had a couple of names I wanted to drop. Over the last couple of years, we've lost some significant people. And I have to say, it's it's from world-famous dancer Twitch just yeah. recently. Yep. Jason David Frank. The Green Power Ranger, if y'all don't know. The original Green. You know, Chester, lead singer of Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. Robin Williams, who famously once said. Uh, that's exactly what I'm looking just at. Just because you see me with a smiling face, most comedians laughing at you are dealing with deep pain inside. If that doesn't give you a sign. And that's the most legitimate thing Robin ever said. And if that doesn't give you a sign, like what else can? We all just laughed off Robin just being Robin. Yeah, I actually, I, it's so funny you mentioned him because I'm literally looking up his quotes because I wanted to get it verbatim. And it, it hits hard. One of the biggest quotes he said was, I think the saddest people always try the hardest to make people happy because they know what it feels like to feel absolutely worthless and they don't want anybody else to feel that. Everyone has trauma, everyone. I don't care who you are, I don't care what you do, I don't care what your life was like. We all go through drama. We all go through trauma, excuse me. It all depends on how we take it and grow from it or learn from it. And sometimes it just takes a long time, you know, and I mean, I know I could speak for at least the two of us. Okay. We're still learning, you know, and and look, we said we were going to be transparent on this show, right? Yeah, absolutely. Look, listen, my my <laughs> Tiffany always tells me, look, you need to go to therapy. And I think part of the reason why it's difficult is because of pride. So my question to you would be how how do you think would be a good way 
to put that pride aside because it's so difficult for so many different people. I was a couple of things. It's funny because whenever I was in school and they say, why don't you go to school social worker? I'd say, I know what they're going to say. I know what they're going to say. Leave me alone. Okay. And this woman would tell me, what you going to do with something? Oh, things will be okay. And pat me in the back. That, that was always my, my angle until I realized I was wrong. And what I would say to you is, and I said this before, you know, if you had a problem with your taxes, you see your accountant. Okay. That's simple. Legal problem, you call an attorney. If your knees hurt and you eventually see a knee guy, orthopedic guy, right, foot to foot doctor, you always see someone for something. You're just going and it gets perspective from the person, okay? Because they might just be able to put something in perspective for you and mention something you just really weren't thinking of. Yeah. And I think the pride comes, I don't need therapy, because therapy has always been labeled something's crazy. It's true. You know? And, and I, think, I, I think we learned today, and, and people still feel that way a lot, but, but look at how many celebrities talk about, oh, yeah, my therapist said this. It's not. It's like you go to anything else just to kind of fine-tune things. And, and you, but best word is perspective. You just want to get perspective. Okay, I feel this way. I'm having anxiety. Let me ask you what, you know, and see what the person says. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a lifelong thing with the person. Right. Okay. If anything, just giving ideas. You know, it's just someone that maybe, yeah, it, 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 that's not what they are. Obviously, they have a degree. But perhaps look to them as a life coach, so to speak. Yeah. Okay, and, and, and as far as therapy, that's one of the ways that might take away your pride. It's a life coach. They're a psychologist, they're a social worker, but that's really what I'm doing. And I just want to drop some things in front of them and just see if they think of something I'm not thinking of. Maybe they won't. Right. Okay, but maybe they might just mention an angle of something that like, well, you probably feel this way because of this. Why don't you try doing this when you start feeling that way? And oh, okay, let me try that. You know, yeah. or every time you get angry because someone says something to you, could it be because they say something? I give an example. Like certain things were triggers for me. It's kind of funny. I have thick skin, but certain things over the years where I would go off of the person. Oh, Steve got really angry at that. What the heck was that about? And I realized because there's probably something still my father used to say to yeah. me. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, oh, no, 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 no one said it. And, I, and by the way, I did maintain, I always laughed. My line was when I was in school, I got bullied by one person, Harry Simpson. No one will ever bully me again. And then they came to fight in school. I said, you might beat me in the fight. How big you are, Gigantor. But I'm going to be swinging at you. So think it over because you're not going to bully me. But it's almost the same thing. It's, again, again, maybe someone says something to you and you go off on that and realize, oh, because that's deep down. That's one of those scars. Yeah. And maybe the therapist can help you kind of heal that scar. You're gonna say, yeah, no, it was funny because I know there's going to be a lot of people listening who doesn't know, who doesn't get certain references. I'm going to need you all to look up Gigantor. All right. Like, because, yes. yes. All right. Classic, <laughs> classic animation. Okay. So once you watch this and you listen back, you'll understand. Yeah. All right. Besides the name, like, I'm going to need you all to look that up. Um, but it's, you know, when you have, talk about trauma, um, going through what I went through is, it's wild. You know, house full of seven kids, you, you blended family. Uh, we talked about that last episode. Yeah, and, and you see the way I always blamed my parents for everything my entire life. You made me, I'm a product of to, two of you. That's why I'm the way I am. Nah. <laughs> Roddy, it's not all their fault. And it took me a long time to really truly. So it took me a long time to truly understand that. And I always replay in the back of my mind all the things that my dad used to say to me and dad used to do to me um, as far as just over the top aggressive because he can because he's my father. And it's only been a couple of times when I've stood toe to toe with him. It's like, I've had enough. Throw up your hands. We're going to go. We're going to fight. Because I'm just tired of you bullying me, and sometimes we get we have to just make a distinct difference. There's a difference from bullying and abusing your child, and there's a difference from disciplining your child. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And yep. a lot of people, a lot of parents in our generation, growing up in our from in the baby boomer generation, it was a fine line. Yeah, very much and, so. And it's not their. I'm not blaming them because it's not their fault. It's learned behavior. Right. So when I go back and look at my grandmother. Single mom, did the best she can, but a very abusive mother. She was the type of person is, if my dad got in a fight in the street, you better kick his butt yep. or I'm kicking your butt. Yep. <laughs> so guess what? You know, I got to do what I got to do. My dad got jumped a week before his high school graduation senior pictures. Oh, God. They had to put makeup on him because he had black eyes and all that stuff. My grandmother made him catch every one of those guys individually. 
it got so bad that the cops came to my grandmother's house and begged her to stop. Wow. Letting him go outside catching these guys one-on-one. Wow. She would not stop until she got every last one of them. But do you know that, that kind of trauma sticks with you? Absolutely. For sure. And now he just brought that with him. Now he just ra- raised all of us with that same the slightest little thing we would do. Snap. Now the man is working. He's the only income in the house. He's stressed out. You know, he'll ha- he'll have a drink or two on on the weekend. He'll he'll try to unwind. Try to, and I'm not like I said, I'm not praising him, nor am I blaming him, because we definitely have had our differences. But I understand. Now me being a father, I get it. Yeah, for sure. Now, now I have to do my best to not let that trauma affect me so I can relate it to Angelica. Well, break the cycle. Yes, let's yeah. break that generational yeah. curse. And, 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 yep. but, but you're right about that, and, and you break the cycle. But even verbally, like I had to learn growing up, because again, the things that were said to me as a kid, I mean, you know, and, and I'm fast on my feet, you know, and like I had to learn, like maybe someone says something to me. It wasn't that bad, but I came at them like, maybe they're right. shooting a little pea shoot at me, and I'm putting out a verbal bazooka, and blah, 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 blah. And people say, Steve, that was over the top. I know they started, but you called her that, or you called him this. And I had to learn to dial that back and say, hold back, man. Don't, you know? So funny you say that, because I learned this from my father. And I only knew about this, about him, until I talked to his friends, but when he was a kid. Because I was a kid that always got picked on. So as I got into my deep teenage years, 15, 16, 17, 18, I became the bully. So I won't stop making fun of you until you're in tears. I won't hurt you until I go for the juggler. You'll be bleeding out by the time I walk away. I wouldn't care. But my dad was the same exact way at my age, mm. at that time. Yeah. So he's the type of person you keep. Somebody pulls a practical joke on him, mm. he's not only going to pull a joke on you, he's going to hurt you. Yeah. You see? Yeah. And and, and that's where the, that would automatically came in my head once you brought that up. And, like, wow. and that, that's so that's so crazy you even brought that up because what did I highlight in in Who Am I Today? You know, literally that exact part about being the class clown, but not only being the class clown, but being a bully at the same time, mm-hmm. like. I was never the bully, at least I don't think I was, but I was the class clown for sure. I was the same way. I would talk, I, w- I would talk in class, I would joke far too much, but I, e- even if they asked me to step out, it was always, Kyle is such an enjoyable kid, we love him around here, he just runs his mouth a little too much. Then in high school it became, he doesn't do his homework, he doesn't show up to class. I, I was the type of kid that got bored. I was the type of kid, if we were on the same subject, and I'm not sitting here saying I'm the smartest person in the world, but I would like to think that I have some type of intelligence. So if I was bored in class and we were on the same topic for the third day, I wasn't showing up. I'm not coming. You you know where to find me. I can either be in a cafeteria or I'm going to be across the street in a gym. It was one of the two. Like that, that, That's what I did. And that's why that part resonated with me so much because... I was also one of those people who uh, was a social butterfly, you know. And when we went to lunch, there was <laughs> there was the rappers. I was a part of that. There was the kids playing Yu-Gi-Oh. I was a part of that. Mm. There was the span the the Spanish kids on a side. I could chill with them. There were the deaf kids who were on the other side. I could talk to them. Like I can go to the teachers where, where the teachers had their cubicles and just sit with them and chat. I can go to the principal's office. Like it was, excuse me. It, it was. It was. I, I just think, look, looking at that now. That sorry, looking back at that and looking at who I am now, like even listening to you guys. You know, look, look at the accomplishments that we were able to. Look at the things that we were able to accomplish. You know, you being an amazing author. You know, Rod, you've done so much, bro. You're, you're broadcasting, you know what I mean, behind the barricade, even now this and everything else. I mean, you know, my sister told me something recently that whenever I changed a setting, I leveled up. And I never noticed it until that was last year, I believe. No, no, the year prior, excuse me, when we had that conversation. And that changed my outlook on a lot of things, you know, so... Once again, thank the both of you for just being upfront and being for real because I don't know who needed to hear this, but I know they do. And I want to let people know this too. 
what you said about changing your cell setting help you level up. Well, in order to level up, you got to get up. Yeah. You got to get up. I know you might be down and out. I know it might be tough right now, but get up. Yeah. Because this is what's going to save your life. Standing up and really taking that first step. Yeah. Don't worry. You got support around you. You're, they're there. It's going to be, you might not be able to see it right now, but they're there. Absolutely. And, and two, a couple of things. Tony, you said that. So a couple of things. Whether it's therapy, whether it's a self-help group, a 12-step program, whatever it is. Go, a lot of churches have stuff for free. Go, go, it doesn't mean church you belong to. Go to different churches. Check them out. You know, the past, oh, yeah, we got this group, that group. Check. Because the worst thing you're ever going to do, and I says, listen, is do not just stay home alone. Okay? Don't do it. Because when you're alone, that's a bad place to be. Yep. It's a dangerous place to be. Your mind has what too they, much to go away with it. What's the saying they always say? The idle mind is the devil's playground. It is. Yeah. But you're 100 percent right. And, and all the and you're right. All these emotional demons come out on you. Okay. And that and that's what all the, that's what thoughts of suicide. That's what depression comes from. And I always say, if you're in school, force yourself get to school that day. If you go to work, force yourself go to work. Whatever your thing is, if you were part of some kind of um church group oh, I'm not going today now go there even earlier get when you feel that hesitation go I say this to people like in 12 step programs they're doing well you know it's funny whenever someone says we'll mention names of celebrities and you know they call them relapses now I used to call them slips whatever you want to call them okay it's always the same story in the end they were doing great and they just started stopped doing the things that were helping them they stopped going to meetings they stopped going to 30 stopped going to church on Sunday whatever that th- or maybe a combination and then they replaced it with people who are not healthy and then when you do that you don't want you want you get kind of embarrassed so you kind of push where people are healthy but it goes in stages when yeah. you feel that little voice saying you don't got to go to this today now go there even faster get there sooner yeah get out of that house be with people uh, the other thing I want to say is by the way Let's say, okay, I'm in therapy now, or again, self-help, or whatever I'm doing to make myself better, and I'm feeling better. I always say this to people, um, get involved in some kind of volunteer work. Now, you might say, are you nuts? I got the problems in my head. No, you want to do that, help other people. Whatever that volunteer might be, whatever it might be, because your self-esteem gets up, your adrenaline goes up, your self-worth goes up. I think you must said it, when you're helping other people, Okay, that's that also adds to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and, that, and that's so important. Like Robin Williams kind of said that, not in the same way he meant it, but right. yeah, but yeah, but that, that motivation's there. Now, I didn't say it replaces therapy. Hear me out. Oh, again, right. help. But I'm saying add it to it. Do so, I don't care what that thing is, but do something that makes someone else happy, and you, you watch what happens to you. Okay, your self worth is there, and like I but, but just and also who you're hanging with. If you're gonna hang with negative people, th- then you're gonna uh, oh, the, my life sucks, man. Then you're gonna be right down into the tubes. And if you hang people with drinking and drugging, let me tell you right now, alcohol is a depressant. It's a depressant. All yeah. drugs are. Even I got I think it's a whole big today, but even pot, man. It causes anxiety, which is why you keep smoking more pot. It's a, it's a trap. You just keep going in circles on the thing. Get Any drug is going to do this to you, high or lower. Why, anyone I've known that has stopped, whatever the drug was, be a pot, they always say the same thing. I didn't realize how much it affected me, man. So stay with, stay with positive people. Stay with people doing things, accomplishing things. Uh, very, very important. It sounds like a simple little advice, but, it, but it's important. Yeah. One more thing I know I know we one more thing I wanted to bring up is idols who you look up to yeah and funny that you brought up the company you keep there's a lot of people that's hanging around with negative people yeah just negative energy comes with negative outcome what you put in is what you're going to get out folks so when you put that positive people around you you change that setting like Kyle said now you start to implement more positivity. Yeah, more positive is going to come out, but you got to take it in. Don't be afraid to take that in. It's always good to take in positive things. Mm-hmm. So me, I'm a firm, but now I'm believer in toxic positivity. I don't know where that even. Somebody brought that up to me. Oh, it's toxic positivity. What does that even mean? So, when I'm not going down that rabbit hole, I feel that all positivity can be a good thing, and especially when you feel like you're down and out. So there are there are celebrities out there that people look up to that might not necessarily be what you want to be idolizing at the moment. I think it's time to step away from that, idolizing those celebrities, those figureheads, the Taylor Swifts of the world, the Demi Lovatos of the world. Yeah, step away from that for a second. Put that to, to the side. You can stay off their Instagram. It's okay. Hmm. They're not going anywhere. 
and really take that self to reflect on yourself. And and I'm sorry. And before before you answer this question, I just want to make sure people understand that celebrities are just people too. Mm, absolutely, they go through drama just like we do. Just because they might be a little, fin- they might be financially better. <laughs> Some of them, <laughs> right? A couple, a couple. <laughs> the they put on the front, like Steve said, they're yeah. front and saying yeah. that, "Oh, I got money." You know, so we're not talking really MC Hammer, no, yeah. no. Um, <laughs> but, MC Hammer. but. Shout out to respect. Shout out to MC Hammer. <laughs> With his gold toilet. All for him. Um, but but it, just remember that these people are people too. And yes, we have a tendency to put said celebrities on pedestals mm. because of their stature, because of where they're at in life. And maybe you want to reach that. But sorry, I'm trying to come up with the word. Like idolizing them in an in because of the negative connotations isn't the way to work. Yeah, and generally my question is, what is your take on some of the celebrities that we have out here today? And if you had to name one that you really see, you know what, that person right there, for what they're putting in for, forth in front of camera and for what they're putting on social media, you can see some positivity. If you had to name one, what would be one that you would say? Mm. Well, before I mention any name, let me preface it by saying this. There are, and I like what you said. There are people, too. There is no perfection. Don't, and, and that's a mistake Absolutely. thinking that. Because, they're gonna, because then you put eggs in one basket. And they are human beings, okay? And like you said, they have their falls. You mentioned Demi. She has her ups and her downs, okay? Doesn't mean she's a bad people. People get all over them. Stop making fun of them. That's not cool either. Pray for them. They're having a hard time. Um, there's a couple out there name. I, I mentioned before, I mentioned again, I think a great example was Robert Downey Jr. Because mm. uh, he got so bad with addiction, they ended up in jail. Yeah. People wrote him off. He's done. They figured, you know, like, well, those little things, where is he now? These mm-hmm. shows. And he really spun it around and showed that it doesn't have to be over. People with yeah. different problems. The true Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. Yeah, there's Iron Man in real life. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think life. Robert Downey Jr., honestly, that's a wonderful example uh, as far as that. That's one out the gate. Right. Okay, uh, going to the younger realm. I know Selena Gomez do a lot of stuff about mental health. Mm-hmm. And, but again, I'm gonna stress: don't look for perfection, Selena, because she's not. I'm sure she'd be the first one to tell you she's not. Okay, but I give credit where credit's due. She's bending over backwards to talk about her mental challenge, mental illness challenges. Okay, and that's important because remember, there was no honesty amongst celebrities back in the day. They never admitted they had those kind of problems. Once again, I, I must be the only loser on this damn planet. Because like, but now all of a sudden, the, the, a lot of those guests on these celebrity shows, at least some come out. like. So I give credit for honesty, right. sheer honesty. Okay, So I would say younger one around that, that realm. A lot of them too. I mean, Gaga went out there and talked about her sexual abuse. And, there are t- and she mentioned there are times it just gets to me. Sometimes it just affects me today. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's really good because we talked about before about things coming back to haunt you. Yes. Okay. Um, Ariana Grande had a terrorist attack on her concerts. And she. Oh, I remember her honesty was amazing. You know, I mean, how, the anxiety attacks you have. You know, now she donated money for people to get mental health. I think you have a slew of them out there. Okay, that are trying their own realm. Um, uh, uh, Jeanette McCurdy mm-hmm. with that book. I mean, now, now she comes to the abuse realm, which I come from, and everyone's hooked up on the title of a book, but I, I got to write it. I get it because you talk, it's an abuse. This is not for you people who have a great relationship with your mom. She's right. not a, so you get defensive. How can you say that? Whoa, from someone who came from an abuse? We get, we, I get Jeanette 100%. Yeah. And if anything, they're accomplished. And, they're, and again, none of them are perfect. But this, the raw honesty is important because if anything it's accomplishing is, oh, so maybe I'm not alone. Okay? <laughs> maybe, and, I, I, and that's imperative because, again, uh, the more celebrities that come forward, legitimately too. I mean, some, some of them come up there and scratch my head and say, hmm. That don't sound right. It's like a paisan to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's nothing. I, ever felt. I never felt that yeah. way being abused. But most of the ones, like I said, they're out there you know, and, and they're doing that. Uh, it's too bad. You mentioned Robin Williams. That was a heartbreaker. Yeah, for, for me. sure. Uh, and, but it gives you people need to listen. We're so fast paced in our life. How many people said, "I never thought he'd do that or she'd do that." You know, sometimes the signs were all over the place. Yeah. I mean, me. Yeah. I was a poster child. <laughs> I mean, you look back. If I was around today, they probably mandated stuff a lot sooner. You know, uh, there. But I think I think that, like Rodney said, I think the share example is. 
that they're out there talking about you're not alone. Like you said, they're all human beings. And the money don't change things because, I mean, like, Absolutely. people have been multi-manias that committed suicide. Look, look uh, uh, Biggie and the rest of them said it best. Uh, more money, more problems. And <laughs> God ain't that the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, it, it brings – and who you – but who are they around? But I'll tell you one thing, though. Look to any celebrity that has, quote, had problems, fallen, relapsed, whatever. Look who they were hanging with at that time mm-hmm. period. Look who do I hang with? Because I say this with your celebrity or you're not a celebrity. The vultures come in. Yep. When you're down, they, they come out of the woodwork. I don't know where they come from. All the abuses, the people take advantage of you, okay, users, uh, what do you call it? Opportunists. Yeah. You know, they come out of the woodworks. Like, where'd you come from? And they surround the person. So I always say, like, to Rodney's point, which is awesome, hang on positive people. Yeah. Guarantee you ask any of these celebrities when you got into trouble and things went bad for you, who you hang with. They're going to tell you, uh, not the people I should have been. Right. And misery loves company. That's, that's, oh. And that's truly what it is. At yeah. the end of the day, it, it's, it's, it's almost like a, I call it a seventh sense for people who, who are like maybe stuck in a depression or stuck in one of those phases because, and sadly, we all have it. But once you feel that energy off of someone and you're going through it, you tend to latch on and it becomes so much harder to get out of that hole because you have somebody who's in that hole with you. Mm. I always, I always talk about, you know, Metallica being one of my, one of my favorite bands of all time, the songs unforgiven. If you watch the video for part one and part two, especially part two, but listen to the lyrics, watch the video. When I tell you that is exactly what we are talking about when it comes to getting yourself out of that hole. But having somebody else sharing those experiences, whether it was positive or negative, like, please, I, I beg of you, watch that video. It, it, it's eye-opening. And, and like, you you have, the reason why I touched on the celebrity for a film realm of it is because nowadays we have so many young, young yeah. adults, children, adults blowing up on social media, mm. all over TikTok, YouTube, you name it, everybody's a content creator. <laughs> And they and they're making money. They're making a decent living. Yep. Um. And sometimes that money can change you, in a, in a positive way, where you donate it and you can start different organizations and do great things. Sometimes it can change you in a really negative way. Right. Where you go down that wrong path, you make bad investments, you put your money into other people, that gets you down a different road. Now you're doing some different things that you shouldn't have been doing, and the content starts to slow down. So. The reason why I brought this up is because we it's the age of the content creation. Yeah. And everybody wants to be famous. <laughs> so listen, being famous is one thing, but they are people too. They go through the same problems that everybody else goes through. Yep. And be careful who you look up to. Just be mindful. Pay attention. Yeah, you might see glitz and glamour on stage, but look at those posts. Read through the lines. Well, also, also, here's the thing, too. Unfortunately, some people, and you have influencers, as they call them today, yeah. it, it's like fame at all costs. Yes. You know, and it's like you're selling your soul, man. Yes. You know, honestly, and you might, be undo, you might be undoing other opportunities you could have had in the future, but now look what you just did. So I also see a lot of that, and I want to imitate, you know, someone's got that many followers. I'm going to get that many followers too. But what are you doing to get those followers? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about what you're doing to yourself, you know, to your own self. I mean, well, it's your right to do what you want to do. I get that. It's your First Amendment right. But the same token, because that also realms into, believe it or not, that does realm into, again, codependency. Like in any relationship, I want anyone to love me. I want, I do everything it is to get them to love me. But when you have that attitude, whether it's on the internet or whether it's a relationship, you're going to get hurt. Because people, again, they surround you, okay? And when the money starts coming in, they're... And unfortunately, too, which is sad, the people who come from maybe households like I did, when they make it, they got no guidance. So no. they get taken advantage of. You know, those that had at least one stable parent, you see them out there. I think Kelly Clarkson was close to a mom. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like some parent, like you mentioned Taylor, I think, again, close to a mom. Some parents that could kind of hold them and steer them. No, no, no. Don't do that with your money. Don't do it. But unfortunately, and God bless them, they should be thankful and hug their moms for that because a lot of it just don't have that direction. You could be like the, the Macaulay Culkin's parents and just uh, rob you blind. Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman. blind. You know, and we, we talk about the Corys all the time, me and you, Steven. Yeah. What uh, they went through. The abuse that they, not only the abuse, 
Yeah. The addiction. And not on top of the addiction, just being robbed. Right. Like you had to you had the triple threat. In plain like, sight. In, in plain in front of everyone. Sight. That's the crazy and thing. No one said anything. I yeah. mean and again, so, it took a suicide for one of them to bring some truth out. Yeah. But yeah. again, but what happened with the truth? And like you said, smiles, oh, they're so cool. I wish I was one of them. Look at the abuse using everything that happened to those two. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Man, I tell you, this has been a fantastic hour. Absolutely. Um, I was so nervous at the beginning of the show, I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I've been waiting a long time to interview Steve. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so, so much. For Steve, sure. It's been my sure. pleasure. I knew those were going down, Roddy. When Roddy said this, I said, oh, we're gonna, this is going to be a great show. Because I knew we are going to go mention some things I normally mention. And leave them out. But I knew we were going to go deep. And that's yeah. important because for your listeners, I want to just say for your listeners to hear this too. Guys, I've been in touch with so many people who have been su- think of suicide, tried it. For those of us that tried it and did not die, 100% of us are happy that it didn't happen. Absolutely. We Listen to what I just said to you, 100%. Why? Things always get better. Please. I used to say, how is it getting I can't see. Please make the effort. Go try to get help. Talk to people. I promise you. And it gets better so much faster than you ever think. I was always amazed how fast things just fall into place when you get But please, as alternatives, talk to people. Again, talk to a local church. If you're in school, go to your school, social worker, local communities. Um, I'm, I'm t- two of us, we're all sitting here right now, who thought, again, suicide, and we're sitting there happy. Not that I don't have problems, okay, but things always get better. Just when they seem at the worst is when it gets better. Yeah, and I, I, absolutely. I, I, that's a silly line. You know it's the truth? Yeah. yeah. So please hear that out. You're not alone. You're not alone. Absolutely. Absolutely. And listen, we're here for you. Yeah. We're here for you. All right. A different angles here for you. So that's why we did it. You know, you can always now, guys, it's time to let you know where you can contact us. Tell them. I'm so excited to tell you guys <laughs> this email. It's finally up and running. It's at adapod2023 at gmail.com. That is adapod Two zero two three at gmail.com. Email us, send us a mailbag. We'll read it right here on the air. Let you guys know that we're here for you. We care about your questions. We care questions, comments. Let us know. We want to hear from you. Absolutely. Um, also, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same name, except for the Gmail part. Uh, it's ADA pod. It's at, excuse me, at ADA pod uh, 2023. So, Make sure you can find that. Also, please, if you need the help and you're not sure where to go, it's always available. You can just dial 988 and they will send you to somebody to help you. Uh, Steve, is there anything anywhere they can follow you or find your information? Well, you can you can either go to powerpublishingcorp.com. That's again powerpublishingcorp.com. And my assistant slash dear friends, because I forget it's it's uh, Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, all at Arthur Steve Simpson. So it's knows like it's Instagram at Arthur Steve Simpson, Facebook at Arthur Steve Simpson. But the powerpublishingcorp.com, it doesn't just have the books; it has interviews. It's got all sorts of resources and things in there that you can kind of might help you out. Get in touch with me if you want. You know, there's a contact thing there, too. Love to answer any questions, anything that can help out. Hey. Hey, Rod, where can they find you, bro? They can find me at Rod, at Rod Rod Banks on Twitter. Yes, I got it right this time. <laughs> at Rod Rod Banks on Twitter. And you can also find me on Instagram, Rod underscore Rod underscore Banks. And uh, me, you can always find me at Instagra- on Instagram and Twitter at MrMarvel87. Guys, no. Steve, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for coming. Thank we, you. This was... Uh, second episode. Uh, oh man, my feelings. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, my nerves kind of uh, calmed down as we eased. Down, I don't know, man. mine just rise. I don't oh. know how that works. <laughs> um, but uh, once again, we appreciate you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come see us. Uh, Rod, brother man, hit him with the slogan. Oh man, listen, we're here for you. We love you guys. And if you're looking for a different angle, we're the guys that give it to you. We'll talk to you later. Peace. <laughs>